Alright man, we'll go do this before we crack house. Yeah! This one goes out to all my wizards! Good, that's good, that's good. I'm looking at this thing, man. I'm going like, damn. It's not hitting like it's supposed to be, but I know it's recording. So, hey, welcome to MGG Cardboard Crack House. This is, uh, we're having technical fucking difficulties again, Earl Grey. And parking lot here for the ride. Sorry I missed out, but I guess those, did, did those episodes not go up? No. Okay, so... We were supposed to release two new episodes this week, but, well, at the time of recording for this, um, we didn't do it because, uh, how can we put this? Uh, oh, that's right. Sound a lot. I was getting a really bad buzzing in my ear, so, mm, yeah. and it was interfering with the way uh, things sound. You're talking Crack House back in, what, 2014? No, 2015. we're talking about Crack House... A year before COVID. True. True. Okay. So. So we're just going to do it the old school way. And so as rides. you notice, we don't have a uh, third member here. Biffo. Press F for the Biffo. F. He's in no man's land. He's in Fresno for the week. Man. He abandoned us. Oh, no, you abandoned us last week, man. You know, there's no excuse. Nah, well, well, okay. Well, what, what was it? Why, why were you gone? So to say, support a future family member in their new attempt at their new career choice of stand-up comedy. <laughs> okay. There was an attempt. I'm just going to leave it at that. There, there was an attempt. Should I go into stand-up comedy? Oh, I know a couple places that I offer it that uh, you can go to Templar Brewing Company on Wednesday nights, and that's a stand-up comedy night. Yeah, but do you think I can make it as a stand-up comic? Honestly, I don't know. I don't even know how they let people in for that one, for open mic. Hmm. Okay. Because they all knew each other, so that's all I know. Well. That's all I knew. As uh, July approaches, which at the for the date that we're recording this on is uh, the day before July first, um, it's the end. That of means the world we have as we know it like two weeks before 
Dungeons and Dragons pre-release. Yeah. So what we're talking about is all the spoilers that I clearly missed out on. Yeah, which is funny. (laughs) All the spoilers and, well, like I said, for the last, we had two episodes. We're going to redo one because Biffo sold his soul. Let's just say that. We'll we'll get back to that. But um, the other one was basically about spoiler listings for, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just waiting for the entire set to be spoiled. Uh, by my count, we're at 148 of 281 currently. Yep. Yeah, I see that. A little over half. Let me go to uh, the newest spoilers today. Start today and work our way backwards. So. We have uh, nothing I'm interested in. Um, I mean, we have this Instruments of the Bard Legendary Artifact. Single green green Legendary Artifact at the beginning of your upkeep may put a Harmony counter on Instrument of the Bards. Three and a green tap it. Search your library for a creature card with mana value equal to the number of counters on it. Reveal it. Put it in your hand. If it's legendary, create a treasure token. So it's a worse... Uh, what's his face? This is another guy that deals with harmony and bullshit. And same thing. Search up creatures equal to the number of counters on him. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Because it doesn't even put him into play. That's just to your hand. Yeah, I'm... No, the artwork's kind of diversified. Yeah, that's good. It's D&D. I like my elves white. Pasty white. That's right. Unless they're drow. So, to see, there, there again, drow are dark elves, okay? Their skin is ebony and, and onyx black. <laughs> Almost color purple. So, um, yeah, when you have a chocolate brown elf on the surface, I don't, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm a D&D purist. Uh, so we got Orcus Prince of the, uh, Prince of Undeath, uh, red, black, two colorless, and X, legendary creature, demon, flying, trample, when Orcus Prince of Undeath and his battlefield. Choose one. Each creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn where you lose X life, which is fine. Or return up to X target creature cards with total mana cost value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then gain haste until end of turn. Ugh. Dredge build. Dredge. That's expensive for a reanimation spell. And it's also expensive for a board wipe. Either way you look at it. Like, I mean, there's better stuff out there to do it. I mean, you got Damnation. Same cost. Does the same without thing. Without X. And without X, and you don't spend life. The only upside to this is that since it is minus X, minus X, and not just destroy, gets around the indestructible. But the big bads of the indestructible world are like. 13 13s and 10 10s. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's worth paying fourteen plus losing ten life to make sure Imrakul or something is dead. <coughs> oh, I'm starting to get a summer cold here. Um, what I see up here, I see a displacer beast, man. So, if you guys have never read Forgotten Realms lore, Driss has that Onyx uh, Black Panther we were talking about. At one point in the Sojourn uh, storyline, he lost a figure and he thought that one of these was Univar. Oh. Until the two little tentacles fucking popped out the back and he went, oh shit. That's not him. So, we got a one blue, which I don't understand this, one blue, two colorless, three, two, Cat Beast, when Displacer Beast enters the battlefield, venture into the dungeon. Enter the first room or advance to the next room. Displacement. Three colorless, one blue, return Displacer Beast to its owner's hand. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, so far, man, lackluster, man. I, I've seen some of the, the rares are, you know, really, really good. But the commons, this is supposed to be, this is, if you don't know, this is taking place of our core set. We don't yeah. get a core set this year. Yeah. And I find some of the, okay, so just to throw it out there, the spell name thematic thing, how do you feel about that as a D&D expertise? Well, what do you mean? For like this, the spell or? Just the, like how they did it in general. Like, that's where my curiosity is, bouncing it off of you. we got to remember. Instead of having keyword abilities, they're just kind of naming... Something else. Naming it... Something else. Just giving it a title, and then this is the ability. But it's not a keyword ability. How does that... Like, in D&D say... Here's here's the thing. Are these cards going to be legal and modern? Yes. Well, it is taking place for the course set, so... Um, I like the flavor, but the displace the displacement return be a cre- um, you know displacer beast to its owner's hand. Um, the displacer beasts flick in and out of the ethereal world, not bounce back to your hand. It should have something like uh, restoration angel, you know, pop in and out. Something to that effect. So maybe like phasing? Yeah. Or, okay. Exactly. I mean, they probably, in some cases, I can imagine that they couldn't slap on current keywords. They had to find a way to reword it, change it, because they didn't want to bring in, for instance, phasing. What the thing is, is magic was heavily... Um, influenced by D and D when it was first created. Oh yeah. I so know. I mean, come on, you're you're finally instead of paying homage, you're finally doing a set for the 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 game that you wanted to play. Yeah. But as a card game. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> I'm. I, I getting. I'm getting coming from what you're saying and naming the abilities after. Either something that is... I guess there's a follow-up question. Are some of these keyword 
not keyword abilities like correct to D D? So far, no. I mean, come on, this displacement That's not in that, that is nowhere near Okay. What it needs to be for what this creature actually does. Yeah. I, you can I look at the picture. It's phasing in and out of the fucking in mater- the, art, the prime yeah. material plane. So, how does this disp- return Displacer Beast to owner's hand? <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I can see that on Univar being an artifact that has an ability. You cast it, and you say the magic words, and she magically appears, and you say her name again. She goes away, like, you know, Rumpelstiltskin. So, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the stuff in here. I'm going this Orcus, which <sighs> I don't remember this character, really, but I do remember a sword in Lord of the Rings called Orcus the Goblin Cleaver. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Uh, the next one up there. And, you know, I like that instrument of the bards. It's a fucking harp. Why not just call it a harp? <laughs> I mean. I mean, what? Fair. We got plus two mace. It's okay. a generic plus two fucking mace. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two for two. But it involves equipment or equip three. Yeah, I, I think that's. Part of the balancing, unfortunately. That shouldn't be. I mean, come on now. There's better thing. You can give plus two, plus two for fucking one. Yeah. But in that case, it's only in a turn. But yeah, I, mind you, that's a common, so I don't expect it to be good. Like that, what you know, a one cost common was in giving plus two, plus two was until end of turn. So there's balance issues that pop up. And they're trying to convert as close, like, you know, some sort of way that flavorfully fits between D&D and magic. And there's some core aspects of magic that they still have to keep in mind. Well, So I get it. And and they're trying to put some of the the core aspects of D&D into it. Like for this one, uh, what was it... uh Farida, Farida, Devil's Chosen. I was surprised they actually use Devil's Chosen. They stopped using the pentagram because an unholy strength because it was demonic. Yeah, but they ran with devils as a creature so, type forever, so I don't think So she is a red, blue, two colorless, three, three tiefling warlock. <clears throat> Whenever you roll a die, she gets a menace. She gets menace and flying until end of turn. If any of those results in 10 or higher, draw a card. So at some point, you're going to be rolling a d20 in this fucking game. Oh, lots. I've already seen a handful of roll a d20. And ladies and gentlemen, just to remind you, spin downs are not d20s. No, they are not weighted and they're not numbered appropriately to be used as a d20. So, sorry. If you're going to be playing these cards, I'm going to expect you to bust out a proper D20. Because, no. 
just just need <sighs> now. Well, I see a drider. A very expensive, uncommon drider. I mean, I wanted it. It's an elf spider. Ooh. It's a five drop four three. That's kind of uh it's got reach. Whenever Drider deals combat damage to a player, create a two one spider creature token with menace and reach. Um Drider is not a name of a fucking creature. The way this is talking, whenever Drider not whenever a Drider because Drider is a race. Okay. okay. Driders are a race in Forgotten Realms. Not one. Not singular. Race. Whole bunch of them. So again, I have problems with that. But of course, they want to. They're not making this, this set for me, which I originally thought they were, but obviously they're not. So. Uh. I mean, I'm seeing uncommons. I see dungeon map. It's a three drop. Taps for one, uh, one colorless. Pay three. Tap it. Venture into a dungeon. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, let's see. Borrowing of Clan Under. Two colorless, white and a black legendary creature. Dwarf cleric for three three. Well, where is this one at? Uh, it was up. Scroll back up. It was right before your map. Oh, I, I see him. Okay. When he enters the battlefield, venture into the dungeon. Whenever he attacks, return up to one creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield if you've completed a dungeon. It's a shitty Sun Titan. Yeah, Sun Titan with a weird claws. That's but I would rather pl- pay two more and actually put a Sun Titan on the field for yeah. a six six for six that gets me back something th- on ETB and then every time it attacks. Yeah, so it's guaranteed any three drop artifact, creature, a enchantment, a land. Yeah, I guess that's why it's an uncommon. I'm, I'm starting to... I was feeling fucking great. I was like, man, you know what? Because I was talking to Jesse. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm waiting. Where's Draxel? You know, they're, they're coming out with all these other fucking sorry-ass shit like this. Uh, here's a, here's one that rolls a d20. Four and double red for a 6-6 six, six elemental. But it's a common. Siege monster. When it enters the battlefield, roll a d20. On a result of 1 through 9, each player sacrifices a permanent. Okay. On a roll of 10 through 19, each opponent... Each player... And then it's each opponent sacrifices a permanent. And on a 20, each opponent sacrifices two permanents. And so it's a, it's a crit. Now, I wonder if there's going to be anything in here... That gives plus plus counters to your die roll. <laughs> uh, well, you, we just read that one, the blue red one, which gets bonuses if you roll ten or higher. Or whatever. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. But I okay. wanted, I want 
to have something that gives pluses to your, your die roll. Just like there's like a hundred cards to go, game. so so <laughs> hopefully. But I noticed something that might be up your alley, man. This frog hemoth, <laughs> frog hemoth, yeah, which is a five drop, two green, three colors, four four frog horror. Yes, you got that right, frog horror with trample and haste. When frog hemoth deals combat damage to a player, exile up that up to that many targets from their graveyard. Now, you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on Frog Emoth for each creature card exiled this way. You gain one life for each non-creature card exiled this way. Yes, I do like this card. Don't know about Frog Emoth being in fucking D&D, but I do like this card. I like the art, too. I yeah, really do. It's, uh, <laughs> the art is that level of it, stupidity. Cartoony. It's got three eyes, big long tongue. It's eating one adventure. His legs are hanging out. It's got tentacles. <laughs> Tentacle beast. He's got one guy wrapped up. An archer is trying to fucking shoot it some more. Come on, this, this, this screams, play me. And to, uh, credit to the artist, uh, Brent Hollowell. Hollow well. Good job, buddy. I, I, I appreciate this art a little too much. Uh, yeah. We needed more weird frogs in the world. And thank you for another weird frog. So we have Kick in the Door. One red sorcery. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. That creature gains haste until end of turn and can't be blocked by walls this turn. Venture into the dungeon. Hey, thanks, Watsy. You gave me another card for Feather. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, will I give a damn about venturing into the dungeon? No. So we I'm got this just next one. Choose not to. We got Chaos Chandler. Four drop, two red, two colors, four three. Human Shaman. Wild Magic Surge. Whenever Chaos Chandler attacks, roll a d twenty. This better be chaotic. So one through nine, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. Now. One uh, ten through nineteen, exile top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. If you roll a twenty, which is, you know, a crit, exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. I mean, it's an attack trigger. The one thing that I don't like is it's one through nine. In Dungeons and Dragons, if you roll a one, that's a fail. That is a fumble or a fail, depending on what edition you're playing. Um, ones are bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I see the flavor fail on this one. That that right there. A one is bad. It should fucking fizzle. Not only fizzle. Give that give fizzle. It should give that fucking thing fizzle and takes damage. You know what? Fuck it. You know what? Why not? That's how D&D rolls. Yeah. Ha ha. No pun intended. <laughs> so. You know what? I wonder if. So you were talking about pluses to die rolls, right? Oh, yeah. What if there's going to be an anti-card for die rolls? Where it's the opposite, where it's actually going to be minuses on the die roll. Uh, shit, I don't know. It'd be a weird stacks piece against people who are trying to do that. Hmm. Well, we got 100 cards, so I, hopefully we get something interesting. So we got this thing right here called uh, Triumphant 
avenger or adventure one black one white one one human knight he looks all fucking happy he just scored out of a dungeon he has death touch as long as it's your turn triumphant adventure has first strike whenever triumph adventure attacks venture into the dungeon don't give two shits about that it reminds me of some of the old um old school cards yeah especially from like legends but we do have a new elf ranger we have Varus silver moon ranger two green one colorless legendary human elf ranger he has reach and ward one Whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell, venture into the dungeon. Whenever you complete a dungeon, create a 2-2 green wolf creature token. Uh, What's interesting is that second part of that middle one you missed. This ability only triggers once each turn. Yeah, because I don't really care about venturing into a dungeon. Yeah. Um, Uh, they, They had to hose it somehow, and I guess that's their way of hosing it. Next up, we have the Duke of Earl, Zalto, Fire Giant Duke. Three colorless, two red, seven three with trample. He's a giant barbarian. Okay, all right. You got me? You got me interested? Whenever Zalto, Duke of Earl, is dealt damage, venture into dungeon. Now I'm lost. He fucking, he fails on... Literally, you had a cha- You have a fucking fire giant. Um, give him some other ability than fucking other. Enter a dungeon, the first room, or advance to the next one. I mean, the flavor text does nothing to deal with this creature, right? Fire giants love to fight on a large scale, and Duke Zalto is one of the greatest. Um, Warmongers, Warmongers of his, of his age. age. How does that flavor text scream whenever the Duke of Earl is dealt damage? Venture into the dungeon. Yeah, no, I don't got it. I, I, I don't feel it either. I mean, he's a five. He's a five drop seven three. Yeah. <clears throat> he's got trample. Yeah. So what? I would have been nice if he had, like, haste or something, you know. I don't know, Why man. Why not make him a 7-1 indestructible? <laughs> Dude, that would have been fucking the shit. Uh, next up, man, we got Dungeon Descent. It's a land. Comes into play tap. Taps for uh, colorless mana. Pay four. Tap it. Tap an untapped legendary creature you control. Venture into the dungeon. Only activate as a sorcery. You can use it more than once. If you can untap the land, you can use it more than once. Which is easy. You know, you got core vault. You can sack it, bring it back, use it, sack it. But it enters tapped, even with core vault. You'd have to run. Oh, we got plenty of other things that make them untap. But that's... The problem is is that we need to see more dungeons. So... Because we've only seen, what, three? I believe. And none of them are that impressive. Um. Uh, half elk. Half, half elk. Half elf monk. 
three colors and a white for a one for human elf monk. Oh, for the the card named half elf monk. Half elf monk. Vigilance and stunning strike. One white and a colorless to and tap it to tap target creature. I'm sorry, we have one cost one ones that pay one to tap the tap a creature. Like this is actually garbage. Now it would have been better if you paid one white one colorless to tap a target creature without tapping it. So if you had open mana, just sink it all, tap the board. Yeah. Yeah, that'd have been so much better. Right. On a four drop, especially. Exactly. But I'm sorry, we got one drops, one drop, one ones. What was it, Gideon's Law Mage or something? And I. So next up, man. Yeah, we're just gonna move on because the card's trash. Um, Noel Hunter. Mm-hmm. One green, one colorless, two two Noel. It's got pack tactics. Whenever Noel Hunter attacks, if you attack with creatures. With a total power of six or greater, this combat put a plus one plus encounter on Null Hunter. You know, that's kind of one of the only abilities because I've this that uh, what's it called pack tactics comes yeah. up quite a lot. It seems like a lot of cards I've noticed. I I actually like this card, especially in draft and um, swing for six for six is not going to be hard. No. No. I a mean, lot of these other abilities are much more meh in comparison. Uh, let's see. So, so we got this next one, man. We got Shezra Death Whisper. She's Operation Golgari. Operation Golgari. Green, black, two colorless, one, three. She's a human elf warlock. She's legendary. Bewitching Whispers. When Shezra Death Whisper enters the battlefield, target creature blocks this turn if able. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's got that lure. Whisper of the Grave. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, you may pay two life. If you do, draw a card. Okay. That's not bad. I am okay with this. I run Marin. And that second ability is where I'm interested. Because Marin does have a hard time keeping a full hand. And guess what? I tend to lose a lot of creatures. Because they're all ETB, sac- everyone sacks a thing. So I'll have that death trigger happen often. And I don't mind paying two life to draw a card. Yeah. I mean, that's... You have 40. Yeah, you got 40 life. That's very reasonable. So, we got some... A few cards that are named, like... You happen on a glade. One green, two colorless, instant. Choose one. Journey on. Search library for up to two basic land cards. Reveal them, put them in your hand. Then shuffle. Or make camp. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. I like it. It ain't Cultivate, but it's a median piece between Cultivate and Well, this is, another, yeah, this is just another regrowth, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's a good utility piece. In EDH especially, I think it's fine. 
So next up we have you come to the Knoll Camp. One red, one colorless. Instant choose one. Intimidate them. Up to two target creatures can't block this turn. Or fend them off. Target creature gets plus three, plus one until end of turn. Oh, hey. Thanks. Another feather card. Yep. I don't know if it's good enough, but hey, thanks for Next one. one up is you find some prisoners. One red, one colorless. Choose one. Break their chains. Destroy target artifact. Flavorful. Which is good. You know, we need another ancient grudge, but we don't have to spin fucking green. Mm-hmm. Then, the other one, interrogate them. Exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. Choose one of them until end of your next turn. You may play that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. For two. This card is actually good. Yeah, that's a good one. This card is actually good. Uh, I mean, I read I would say uh, pick up a playset to sit on. Um, I suspect that if they're, they're going to have if they're going to have foil if they're going to have full arts for it, I can see full arts something just like this. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing it for the uncommon slot, but if they are, I'd hope this is one of them. <sighs> Next up, we have Meteor Swarm. It's a, it's a red or it's a rare. So we got three red X. Meteor Storm or Swarm does eight damage divided among divided as you choose choose among X target creatures and or planeswalkers. That why didn't they just reprint Fireball? <laughs> you know, I was I'm sitting here wondering where's the reprints, and the reprints normally come towards the end of the spoiler season flavor reasons if they don't reprint fireball i'll be disappointed well but i but we are getting lightning bolt yeah not we're not gonna get lightning bolt we should get fireball yeah we should well if we're not getting lightning bolt we should get fireball because we we got another instant we got another one of them choose your adventure games we got you're ambushed on the road for one white instant choose one Make a retreat, return target creature you control to its owner's hand, or stand and fight, target creature gets plus one, plus three until end of turn. Look at these perfectly fine feather cards. Yeah, fuck you. Why? (laughs) Uh, This is why I like feather decks, because they're a bunch of commons and uncommons. Next thing you know, we got another common. You find a cursed idol. One green, one colorless sorcery. Choose one. Smash it. Again, destroy target artifact. Okay. Lift the curse. Destroy target enchantment. Okay. Steal its eyes. Create a treasure token and venture into the dungeon. Huh. For two. But it's a sorcery. It's a sorcery. Damn. Damn. This would be bonkers and broke if it was with instant. It'd be an uncommon. And it'd be about $10. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I'm looking, man. I'm... I'm kind of like... I don't... 
Volo. Hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you find something? Oh, it's Fly. I saw Volo. Uh, Volo was an actual main character in the Forgotten Realms. Volo's Guide to the Forgotten Realms. Um, but it's Fly. Well, there's a Demir Legendary. Let's take a look at that real quick. Cridal of Baldur's Gate. A blue and a black for a legendary human elf rogue. 1-3. When Cridal deals combat damage to a player, that player loses one life and mills a card, and you gain one life and scry one. Oh, which one is it? Uh, I think it's a little further down. It was after your Voldo. Maybe uh, actually. No, to your left. Yeah, yeah, that one. So, deals combat damage to a player. That player loses life, mills a card. You gain a life and scry one. Also, whenever you attack, you may pay two. If you do, target creature cannot be blocked this turn. Ooh, you know, this works very well in Anawan with the ninjutsu attack. Dim rogues do. Yeah. It's just another rogue. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought we were going to get rid of the rogue problem, but uh, They're not, I think man. it's still here. They just keep bringing them back. So we got this other one that's an Italian. Ooh. Ooh, it's Italian. It's because it's Italian. And Tar- it's- Targnar, Ooh. Demon Fanged. Red Green. Mm-hmm. Legendary creature Null. It's got pack tactics. Hey! So whenever uh, Targnar attacks, if you attack with creatures with a total of six or greater in this combat, he gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. Now, for one green, one red, two colors, double the power and toughness of Targar until end of turn. Wolf Run. Tesic Wolf Run built in. Almost, but yeah. Almost for him. Just for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like him. And it's not tap anything else. So if you got the mana. Just do it again and again and and again and again and again. again. Make his ass unblockable. You know, with that rogue. I wish we took a break before we started recording. I'll be right back. No. Anyway, where were we? What, There's where? a planeswalker. Oh, yeah, yeah. You done taking a shit now? Yeah, that's better. Uh, so, uh... Zeriel, Archduke of Avernus. I like the art. Uh, two colorless, double red for a planeswalker with four loyalty to start. Plus one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and gain haste until end of turn. Zero. Create a 1-1 red devil creature token with when this creature dies it deals one damage to any target. Minus six. You get an emblem with at the beginning at the end of your of the first combat phase on your turn untap target creature you control after this phase there's an additional combat phase. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mono red aggro. Oh uh, god, dude! I can see this being in a fucking L or, or a goblin deck. Yep. Uh, don't show this to Biffo. Oh boy, son of a bitch. Yeah. Fuck. Don't don't, don't show it to Biffo. Um. 
Yeah, because uh, we'll be on the receiving end of that fucking of this card. Mm-hmm. But at least it only untaps a one creature for the second combat. Yeah, but if but you untap in his world, the that means untap Krinko. And yeah, before declare attacks, make a bunch of tokens again, swing with a bunch of tokens. Yeah. Oof. Not fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just fucking broke it. Shit. God damn it. Yep. Uh, next where we got next. Uh, yeah, next and next is Dragon Turtle. Two blue, one colorless. Dragon Turtle Flash. Drag below is the ability. When Dragon Turtle enters the battlefield, tap it, and up to one target creature and opponent controls. They don't untap during their controller's next untap step. It's a blue O-ring. Eh, but short term. Very short term. All right, let's see something here. I see a wish. I see a wish card. And why is it red? I. Why is it fucking red? One red, two colorless sorcery. You may play a card you own from outside the game this turn. But it is a fucking wish. There should be a fucking drawback to this card. Just like in D&D. Unless you word it properly, a wish can come back to bite you in the fucking ass. Me as a DM, if you were able to pull a ring of wishes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd roll how many wishes are left on it. And if they had like two wishes, you know, when someone goes, uh, you know, I wish for infinite wishes. You know, it's like, that's a vague fucking term. Infinite wishes, man. I, ooh, I could fuck with you really hard on this one. Mm-hmm. You know? But then the flavor text is, if you had just one wish, what would it be? Gold? In, what is it? An angel song? Fighting a lost love or fighting your way back home? Let me sing a song about one wish that came true. And it's a bard singing it. It's Eliwick. But the problem is, it's a red card. And the main character on it is the green planeswalker for this set. I'm a little confused. (laughs) So, we do have the stats now for the Baleful Beholder. Uh, It's a beholder. So it is a... I don't like this. Six drop, two black, four colorless, six five beholder creature. When Baleful Beholder enters the battlefield, choose one. Anti-magic cone, each opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Or Fear Ray, creatures you control gain menace until end of turn. I, mm. it's, a, it's a common I mean we can't it, it can't be the greatest thing in the world we know that but I was hoping a little bit more um, you know yeah I was hoping for something else so we have uh, white one black one colorless three two zombie soldier white in the battlefield tapped has life drain. Whenever a creature's deal damage by white this turn, dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with that and exile that card. 
Huh. Whenever a creature is dealt damage by a white this turn, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token and exile that card. Ooh. Ooh, I want to play with that with lure. Give him first strike and just fucking ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Hey, I don't care if it's a 6-6 or a 15-15. It gets exiled. It gets exiled, and at least you get a chump blocker. Yeah. Tap chump blocker, but you still, you get a replacement body. Here's my problem for Biffo. Battle Cry Goblin. One in a red for a 2-2 Goblin. And one in a red, goblins you control get plus one, plus O, oh, and haste until end of turn. And let's rephrase that. One red, one colorless. It does not tap. N- no nothing else. So if you have hope and mana. Dump, 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 dump. You can pump and pump because it's going to dump and dump because it has pack tactics. Whenever it, whenever Battlecry Goblin attacks, if you attack with creatures with total power six or greater this combat, create a one one red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. <laughs> Look, he's not there for the second ability. No. He's there for the first ability. Woohoo, I make one extra token when I swing. And you know as well as I can do, man, they can they can tap as much man as they want. Yeah, that's good. um yeah, yeah, that card's that, that, that card. I, I see two or three bucks. Uh, we got inspiring bard. One green, three colorless, three three, elvish bard. When inspiring bard enters the battlefield, choose one bardic inspiration. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Or song of rest, you gain three life. Um. Oh yeah, nah. Well, let's move down to Je- Oh, that says Gelatina Ochre, but that's not the name of the Ochre Jelly. Ochre Jelly. It's yeah. a jelly. It's a green X spell. Creature ooze. Trample. When Ochre Jelly enters battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Mm-hmm. Divide Ochre Jelly dies when she dies. If it has two or more plus one plus counters on it, create a token that's a copy of it at the beginning of the next end step. That token enters the battlefield with half of those plus one plus counters rounded down. So <laughs> fuck. Uh, so let's say you pay seven, six, and one. Yeah. It dies. You make a three, three. Yep. It dies again. You make a one, one, one. one. That I, I'm not mad. <laughs> it's like it's a jelly. Her- that, that's it's, what jellies it's a, do. It's a fucking herpes, man. Uh, Ebon Death, Dracolich. Is the next card up, man? It is two black, two colorless, five, two zombie dragon with. <coughs> let me clear my throat here. Flash. Flying. Ebon Death Dracolich enters the battlefield tapped. You may cast Ebon Death Dracolich from your graveyard if a creature not named Echo Dracolich died this turn. 
He sucks dick. Yeah, <coughs> only my only problem. <coughs> the only problem I'm seeing is that he enters tapped. Here's the problem. He's a fucking Dracolich. He is so powerful. He's he surpassed death. He is only kept alive by magic. All right, and in D and D, magic is everything. Mm-hmm. He comes into play fucking tapped. So he comes in slow. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> but we got the dragons. We, got we, some, got, we do have some of the dragons. We got the adult gold dragon. We got the green dragon. We got the black dragon. Are any of them fucking decent? Gold dragon has flying, lifelink, and haste. The green dragon has flying and poison breath. When green dragon enters the battlefield until the end of the turn, whatever creature an opponent controls is dealt damage, destroy it. Black dragon has acid breath. When black dragon enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent control gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. That should have been all of your opponent's creatures. For a seven drop, four, four, that should have been all your fucking, all your opponent's creatures. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's steep. Uh, For the gold dragon, adult gold dragon. Three colorless, red, white for a four-three, flying lifelink haste. Yeah, and it's a rare. The green dragon is a six-drop four-four, and it's an uncommon. I mean, oh, we got a werewolf, werewolf pack leader. I mean, we're going back to fucking Innistrad okay, in September. Yeah, this one, I, I, I've got some words for. It has pack tactics. It's two green for a three-three human wolf, werewolf. Um. When Werewolf Pack Leader attacks, if you attacked with creatures blah 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 six or greater, draw a card. Now it's second ability. Three colorless, one green until end of turn. Wolf Werewolf Pack Leader has base power and toughness. Five three gains trample and isn't a human. It completes its transformation. This is a rare. It's not a flip card though. It's not a flip card. But I don't think they wanted to do flip cards to separate the identity of the D&D versus Innistrad. But you're looking at the card. I'm looking at the artwork. The artwork is kind of shitty. Top half from the neck up, werewolf. Bottom half, woman's body. Is it a woman's? Yeah, that looks pretty feminine. Yeah, women's. Look, there is no fucking fur on her arms or legs. She's mid-transformation. What I will say is, pick up a playset, hold them for the Innistrad set. Yeah. Because we already know that the two Innistrad sets, technically speaking, werewolves will get pushed, vampires will get pushed. This is a pretty good two-drop for a werewolf. I mean, it's it's, it's a 3-3 body. Yeah, what happened to the days of the two-drop two-twos? Yeah. So next up we have Book of Vile Darkness. Three black, legendary artifact. At the beginning of your next end step, if you lost two or more life this turn, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. 
Now it has the tap ability, Exile, the Book of Wild Darkness, and Artifacts you control name, Eye of Vecna, Hand of Vecna, Create Vecna, a legendary 8-8 black zombie god creature token with indestructible. It gains all triggered abilities of the exiled cards. Here's the problem. In Forgotten Realms and D&D, the Eye of Vecna and Hand of Vecna are virtually impossible to fucking find. <laughs> so, I just look at it like, it, okay, this goes with D&D, but uh, do you see this as something for Commander? No, not really. I mean, well, okay, so looking at the first ability... And ignoring the bottom half. At the beginning of your end step, if you lost two or more lives, you make a zombie. I think zombie decks are interested. Yeah, but we don't, we don't see a lot of them in play. No, that's true. <clears throat> well, let's move on to the next artifact here. We got Orb of Dragon Kind, which is one red, one colorless. Uh, it has one colorless tap. Add two mana in combination of colors. Spin this mana only to cast dragon spells or activate abilities of dragons. Now, for one red and tap, sacrifice orb of dragon kind. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a dragon card from among them and put that into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. I like it. I probably wouldn't play it because, you know, if I play this, it'll be in Ramos. But Ramos is not dragons, so. No, this is intended for the dragon player. Ur the like Ur dragon. dragon. Yep. This is intended for a dragon player. Now the artifact up next. I am happy it got referenced somehow in some way. I don't know if I like it. Fifty feet of rope. Fifty feet of rope. <laughs> it's a one-drop artifact with. Climb over. Tap. Target wall can't block this turn. Have we seen any walls? No. I haven't. Okay. That's, Not uh, one that's fucking weird. wall. Tie up. Three and tap it. Target creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. R rappel down. Four and tap it. Venture into the dungeon. Activate only as a sword. That card sucks. I like I said, I'm happy it got a reference. I'm disappointed. Okay, so we got uh Grazalax Illithid Scholar. Man, say that ten times fast. Hey, I'm not, hey, the funny scholar. thing is is I'm not fucking butchering these names. You know Graz what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah, because you grew up on this shit, right? These are names you actually know. So Grazalax. Uh, He's a three drop, two blue, one colorless, three two horror. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, you may return it to its owner's hand. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Again, this will be great in Anawan. With unblockable yeah. fucking ninjutsu, I'm fucking gonna pop you for this, yes, all day long. It automatically protects your stuff that got blocked. Guaranteed. And then the ones that make it through, you're at least getting one card. Yep. 
there's no reason to not run this in a blue combat deck in general. Well, we see the Minicore or Manticore. Manticore. Here's the problem. Why is it fucking black? Why isn't it not red? Fair. Yeah. One black, three colorless, two one flying. Flash. Tail spikes. When Manticore enters the battlefield, destroy target creature and opponent controls that was dealt damage this turn. I kind of like that as a end of turn ability. Yeah. Cleans up something. I just... Four drop steep, but hey, it is a common, so fair. And Something else for Biffo's deck. You see a pair of goblins. Oh, no. One, one red, two colorless instant. Choose one. Charge them. Creatures you control get plus two or plus zero until end of turn. Or you have befriend them. Create two one one red goblin creature tokens. Yeah, it's just another make make goblin card. That's pretty good. And one of the cards that we were looking at, we were waiting for the stats to come out. Gelatinous cube. It's another cube. This is an ooze, which is two black, two colorless, four three. It has engulf. Gelatinous cube enters the battlefield, exile target non ooze creature and opponent controls until Gelatinous cube leaves the battlefield. So it has uh, O ring ability. It has dissolve. X and five put target creature cards with mana X exiled with Jotless Cube into its owner's graveyard. X and black. X and black. X and five. I like this. Oh yeah. I it took me a minute to like I had to reread it a couple of times to like understand what it was talking about because it confused the shit out of me. Like, why on earth would you want to ETB exile something and then put it in their graveyard, pay pay and put it into the graveyard, and then it hit me? You do that in response to it being killed, so they don't get it back. You just pay the whatever, three and a black. It goes to their graveyard. The thing you exiled is put into their graveyard, and then you'll lose your cube because it's getting killed by whatever means. Ooh, so we got Cave of the Frost Giant, or Dragon. It's a land. If you control two or more other lands, it comes in tapped. It's a fast land. Tapped to add one white, or four colors, one white. Cave of the Frost Dragon becomes a three, four white dragon creature with flying till end of turn. It's still land. I mean, okay. I like they, the, that they're trying to do something like that's kind of a throwback to me two or more lands it comes in tapped now we have the black staff of water deep one blue legendary artifact you may choose not to untap the black staff of water deep during your untap step it has animate walking statue one blue, one colorless tap. Another target non-token artifact control becomes a 4-4 artifact creature for as long as Black Staff of Waterdeep remains tapped. Activate only as a sorcery. Hey, Ornithopter. You're now a 4-4 flyer. For two. God, dude. 
but I know you're happy. I know you're happy. Oh, we finally got to her. Yes, we finally got to Circle of Dreams Druid! Triple green for a 2-1 Druid. But her that ability... Is Gaia's motherfucking cradle. Tap, add green for each creature you control. It has a fucking druid. I've been sitting here going for like days now. Where's the druids? I haven't seen any druids. And then this is the first one I see. And I'm like, okay, I like this set. This card has influenced me to say, yes, I like this. And it's a full art, so it's going to be sexy. Yeah. And I, you know what? It's a 2-1. That's fine. I'm not upset by this. Druids, elves, they're always tiny. I'm okay with that. I love it. Okay. Treasure chest. It's a three-drop artifact. For four sacrifice treasure chest, roll a d20. Now, remember a while back I was saying, when you roll a one, how it should be a fucking negative effect. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's supposed Just to be. Earlier this episode. So, one, trapped. You lose three life. That's how the shit should have been on all the other cards. Yep. Two through nine, create five treasure tokens obviously this looks like a buy a box promo or a Friday Night Magic it's promo it's a bundle promo card's gonna be dick 10 through 19 you gain 3 life and draw 3 cards now on a crit hit of a 20 search your library for a card if it's an artifact card you may put it onto the battlefield otherwise put that card into your hand then shuffle Okay, hear me out. This is my hope, like my major hope, because I saw this, saw the ability, saw that it's in the bundle. I hope that the D20 that comes in the bundle is not a spin down. And you remember the bundle actually comes with dungeons. And the bundle will come with dungeons. Yeah. I hope that the dice that it comes with is a randomized D20. Because wow. that that's how you, you know, remind your players that with this set, you need a randomized D20. Like, you need a randomized D20 for this. Yeah. Hands down. So I'm And hoping. make it cool. I mean, make it fucking just like it is oversized. You know, the colors are great. Like they've been knocking out the D20s for the last couple bundles. Oh yeah. I'm upset that I'm calling it bundles because, you know, I'm sorry. I'm in the fat pack generation, but I'm impressed with the latest of the dice that's come in those sets. I hope it is a randomized D20. I hope it is not a spin down. Is there does Watsy have some sort of conflict? Maybe with printing a randomized D20? Yeah, that's actually an interesting question. Do they have conflict with copyright reasons to print a randomized D20? Or is that just... Or isn't, that, wouldn't that, isn't that by now open source? Like what? anybody can make it? 
what? A randomized D20. Yeah. Without copyright infringement of some yeah. kind. Yeah. So, Watsy, I hope you thought ahead on this. Because by now, I know they're already been printed. They've already been made. They're already in the boxes and getting ready to ship. I just hope. I saw this card right here. My heart fucking skipped a beat until I read it. Oh, boy. <sighs> Icing Death Frost Tyrant. Two white, two colorless. Do I sound thrilled? 4-3. Legendary Creature Dragon. It's got Flying and Vigilance. When Icing Death Frost Tyrant dies, create Icing Death Frost Tongue, a legendary white equipment artifact token with equip creature gets plus two, plus zero, whatever equip creature attacks, tap target creature, defending player controls, and has equipped two. If any of you ever read any of the Forgotten Realms, or know any of the Forgotten Realms lore whatsoever, um, Icing Death, I'm not going to go with its real name because it is really fucking long. Wolfgar's wrist killed this dragon and Bruner made a special Warhammer. Out of it. Or, well, it didn't make a special Warhammer, but he used Aegis Fang to destroy this creature. Um, so I'm trying to. As, as the story is, uh, he was killed by uh, killed by Dristruden and Wolfgar in the year of the Worm, thirteen fifty uh, fifty six DR. After Wolfgar threw his hammer, Aegis Fang into an icicle that fell and impaled him during the fight. They did this so Wolfgar would have a trophy that would enable him to challenge the leader of his tribe to a duel. Interestingly, the trophy was a dragon's horn. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really. It hurts. There, I'm just gonna fucking move on, man. You know I, what? Okay, so reading what you just read and reading the magic card, that's a pretty good way to sum up the story of that character. He died. He was converted into a weapon that that's about the best way you can do it yeah so let, let's move on man i'm just nah. you're hurt i know uh we got xanathar guild kingpin who is a beyonder or beholder beholder um black blue four colorless five six beholder at the beginning of your upkeep choose target opponent till end of turn that player can't cast spells you may look at the top card of their library at any time. You may play the top card of their library, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast spells this way. Mind slaver. But you... <laughs> it, half a mind slaver. Yeah, half a mind slaver. It's, you don't take in complete control of their turn, but you could use everything that they have outside of their hand against them you're playing from their library oh yeah so if they're on control and you just happen to be have the same colors and you got this guy yep all right well let me check your top deck real quick oh there's a counterspell yeah no i remember you get to cast it with with men of any color to cast spells oh even better so this 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 card screams, screams control. fucking control screams anti-control 
<coughs> I'm going to control the control player. And that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. And you just got a four, oh. five, six body on the ground to beat with. Yeah, yep. that's solid. <laughs> and you could do the... Let's see, hold on. Uh, oh. Two target opponent. Da, da, da. Yeah, and you can cast as many spells as you want. Yeah. From their deck. That's insane. Yep. That is going to be such a... I can imagine that really clogging up a, a pod. How long some of that interaction would take to complete. But I like it. Man. All right. So we're going to go with Sphere of Annihilation. Sphere of Annihilation. One black uh, X artifact. Uh, Sphere of Annihilation is now filled with X void counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile Sphere of Annihilation. All creatures and planeswalkers with mana value less than or equal to the number of void counters on it. And all creatures and planeswalkers in graveyards with mana value less than or equal to that number of the void counters on it. So it's a board wipe slash I'm going to fucking get rid of your graveyard. It's a Pajuka it's a but it's delayed. That's the only problem. Yeah. You cast it, you gotta wait to the beginning of your next turn. Beginning of your up, your upkeep. So it's gotta go around the whole table. If it can't be handled, it's gonna cost some shit. So we got some other stuff, man. Uh, I don't I you might want to talk about Ellie Wick? Ellie Wick. Uh Ellie Wick. Mind you, just remember this, guys. These planeswalkers that are in this in this set, you will not see them outside of this set. Of this set, yeah, they are they're new. no, they're not true planeswalkers, so they're not going to be leaving the Forgotten Realms. Hopefully not. However, I hope Eliwick's frog does leave and is found somewhere else. I'm sorry, but Albino Frog has my interest entirely. Anyway, two colorless double green Eliwick Tumblestrom starts with four loyalty. Uh, plus one is just venture into the dungeon. Okay, whatever. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. If it's legendary, you gain three life. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven. You get an emblem with creatures you control have trample and haste and get plus two, plus two for each different, differently named dungeon you've completed. Well, let's move down to the dungeons here. <laughs> so have a couple now I'm going to ask you. You saw you see this evolving wilds here. You know it's based off an old module. The way they look, cover book, cover the book, right? Yep. Yeah. So what, what do you think? Oh, I want to play set. Okay, because there's there's I, more I than am, just this one. There's a lot of them. Yeah, and I'm geeking out over it. Like this is it's so different that I want multiple four commander just because it it's different. Yep. It's finally. It's a way you can pimp out your deck and, you know. And it's going to be on a budget. I guarantee it. It'll be a budget. 
So, so let, let, let's go to dungeons here. So we got the first one, man. Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Um, it's got different rooms. So first room is uh, yawning portal. You gain one life. So we go to dungeon level, scry one. You got two branches off into two different rooms. You have Goblin Bazaar create a treasure token or Twisted Caverns. Target creatures can't attack until your next turn. Target creature can't attack. Then we have Lost Level, Scry 2. Then we got two more rooms. Runestone Caverns. Exile the top two cards of your library. Put the... You may play them. Or uh, Mural's Graveyard. Create two 1-1 Black Skeleton Creature Tokens. Then you go down to the Deep Mines, which is a Scry 3 ability. Then you get to the Mad Wizard's Lair. Draw three cards and reveal them. You may cast one of them without paying its mana cost. Okay, so something I noticed looking at these cards. Uh, let's see, how many steps is in this one? That's one, one two, two, three, three four, four, five, six, six seven. seven. So you have to adventure eight times. Because the way, <coughs> since it, when you enter that but last one, doesn't the, say you automatically. The good leave. thing is, is you have a planeswalker that you can you abuse with an ability twice if you have certain cards out there where you can use the ability twice. Yep. Plus right. two, move two. Um, and creatures that will enable you to move. You can get halfway through this dungeon in one turn if you. Really could. Yeah, you could. If you build the deck it. around it. Uh, second dungeon. This is a much smaller dungeon. Yep. Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, first step is trapped entry. Each player loses one life. Now you can go left or right, but this is where it gets complicated. If you go to the left, there's two sections. First one will be Veils of Fear. Each player loses two life unless they discard a card. Then the next room after that is Sandfall Cell. Each player loses two life unless they sacrifice an artifact, creature, or land. If you had gone the other way, Obliette, discard a card and sacrifice an artifact, a creature, and a land. Yeah. With the last room being Cradle of the Death God, create the Atropal... A legendary 4-4 black god horror creature token with death touch. I'm interested. Well, yeah, man. You because like, it's omelet. Yeah, cause you, got, you got omelet in there. <laughs> the omelet is there. So, the next one that they've showcased is Lost Mine of... Oh, was that? Fandelvar? Fandel- Fandelver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delver. Oh, so we got... Cave entrance. Scry one. And of course, you can go left or right. We'll go to the right. We'll go to uh, Goblin Lair. Create a 1-1 red goblin creature token. Now, if you go the other way, you had Mine Tunnels. Create a treasure token. Okay. Now, yeah. each of these rooms split off into two different rooms. Three in total on the third row. So... We have storeroom, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Then the other part is dark portal, portal or dark pool, I mean, dark portal. Each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. Mm-hmm. Now, 
dark pool you can access with both both those rooms. The fungi cavern is the next one. Target creatures get minus four, minus zero until end of next turn. Then we have the temple of Damitol. <laughs> Damithoin. Yeah. Draw a card. Okay, so something I was reading online. I when since we are supposedly slowly getting back to competitive play, using these dungeons is going to be more of a pain in the ass than people realize. Um, because you cannot track these with dice. Really? The way because. Wizards of the Coast has these weird has some weird rules. Unless it's a plus one plus one counter or minus one minus one counter, it's the only time you can use dice. So they're gonna require you to have some sort of token or coin to move along it. Even then that might not even be allowed because Star City Games, as a big tournament organizer, will actually they've some of the higher ups have been talking about this from when they start events. That you will have to write out. You have the dungeon for reference. You're in this room. Then you have to note, now you're in this room. Now you're in this room. Well, you know what? I'll still use... We're, we're doing casual play at our play, our play area. Mm-hmm. So until Modern or Pioneer comes along and these cards are being used, um, I'll be using a D4 or D6 or... A D8. I think it's... Let's see. That one's four rows. One, two, three, four, five, six. That one's seven rows. One, two, three, four. Yeah, you probably... I would say overall a D10 and you're fine. Because yeah. I doubt any of these dungeons that they come up with will be more than 10. Just based on it, the printing size and everything else. Probably won't be bigger than six. I think. Am I going to be satisfied with the game or with the uh, the set? I don't know. We're halfway through it. Some of the cards have already let me down. I've only had one card I liked. Two. Okay, arguably two. And I'm going to say the Evolving Wilds with the module arts and the other lands to come in that <coughs> line. I want multiples of well then, all the man lands are going to have the same type of thing so cool I don't know if I'm going to play any of them but I'll collect them up I think a lot of people get rid of them just because they don't want to look at them that and they don't want to deal with man lands yeah a lot of times that's also true so man lands are not exactly the most popular thing but well now for the big question yeah so how's tiktok TikTok is doing fucking fantastic. I am having how much? So how much money have you made so far? Uh, so let me mute that real quick. I haven't made any more money because I haven't done many lives. Mm. Once you get to a certain point, I would say when I hit probably closer to two k, I can reasonably expect to see more money coming in. Okay. But it also depends on when I decide to go live. I need to find those optimal time zones and time slots that more people are on and would actu- actively watch. 
because it's like Twitch. You, have, you only get the you money. You have magic every Friday night. I know, I know, but I also like to play magic, and I don't really want to be sitting in front of a my phone trying to talk it out to them and play and run the event. I've, I've got my I've got lines. That's where you draw your line. That's at. where I draw my line. There's a lot of things I want to do. But there's a lot of things I just don't have time to you do. You don't want to be that influencer that makes all that fucking money? Well, what I've been doing at the shop is I set my phone up at the register. And I just turn on live while I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Now, nobody can really see what I'm doing. I'll talk it out, show them what I'm doing. But I do that in a way that customers aren't... Creeped out. Yeah, yeah, it's all that way customers aren't in the eye. And if they give me the weird look of who the hell am I talking to, I'll just be like, I'm on live. I'm on my I'm phone. Online. I'm on my phone doing a live. And they get, they're like, most, almost all of them so far have been like, oh, okay. And they just carry on doing their thing. Yeah. Ring up totals, whatever. And then just while I'm working. As long as my fucking phone doesn't die on me, because <laughs> I haven't figured out the optimal way to set it up while working on the register but yeah, i am yeah. now at 1117 followers nice how's uh your venture into tiktok going i downloaded it let's start nah not really i haven't done anything with it yeah i saw you follow because you're using the podcast name so. oh yeah that's right MTG Cardboard Crack House. Yeah. Uh, here, I actually already have it posted up. I updated my uh, link tree for all my web links and things. I added the link to get to our uh, merch for the podcast. Oh. And I also have set up a Google Doc because uh, here, once I'm done uploading all of these other uh, videos I already have pre-recorded, I'm going to announce the deck giveaway that I'm doing. So if you want to get in on it early, go to my TikTok, find the Google Doc, and fill in the information. Yeah. Because that's how... uh, There's a couple other content creators who do giveaways regularly, and that's how they find the simplest way to keep track of who's actually entered. And it's going to be a lot easier... In the long run. <sighs> yeah. We got Patreon, guys. Yeah. There's a dollar may get added to the DJ chat. Um, you can talk to Parking Lot. You can go see him on TikTok. Talk to Biffo. Talk to all the guys from DJ Fest. They're on there. Go check out uh, DJ Piecemeal. DJ Piecemeal. And I'll let you do the last two. We got the tall Timmy. The Our brother. last three, I mean. The brother from Down Under going hard on Flesh and Blood. We've got Garbage Day. Oh, yeah. Got to get the Garbage Day podcast in. Go listen to them talk about horrible, horrible movies in a hilarious manner. And finally, Ray and the Man of Value podcast. Or, you know, Convert a Man of Cost. Scrooge McDuck, Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, Mr. Moneybags. Yeah. 
Uh, all these guys a part of the DJ Network, DJ Podcast Network. Yeah, we're we're still working on the official title for which never never thought after four years, four and a half years that we have other guys branching off doing their own thing. You know, it's like oh yeah yeah we I started because of them. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean think about it. We're not a big uh, podcast, but we're I love our loyal but followers. What we are is influencers. We have influenced these guys to do podcasting. Or YouTube. Or, or YouTube. Or whatever. So. Influencer. Yeah. Guys. Titles. I miss Biffo. I, I hate not looking over there and giving him a scowl. I've been staring at the. Oh, the La Parka. The, the La Parka. Uh, so I had I uploaded on TikTok that video of him putting on the La Parka. And a guy was like, "Now he needs the, one of those." One of the fans was like, "Now Biffo needs the suit. Where's the suit?" So uh, I'll look for one. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming. So, guys, this is Earl Gray. Parking lot, and we'll see you in the next one. Later. Oh